Welcome to Psychedelicast. Hosted by Clinton Cayley, this show is an interview-based podcast focused on offering listeners in-depth information concerning plant medicines, entheogens, and all subjects tangential to psychedelia. Join us in prying open the third eye. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Psychedelicast. I, as always, am your host, Clinton Cayley. Super stoked to have you guys with us tonight. Thanks for joining us and prying open the third eye once again. We have a fascinating show for you today featuring Brooke Terror, founder of Multimodality Church Universal Shamans of the New Tomorrow, also known as USNT. USNT is a center for healing, offering various plant medicines and facilitating ceremonies with indigenous healers from all over the globe. USNT is a legally recognized center for worship tucked away just north of Houston, Texas. Brooke herself is a native Texan and a former school teacher who, through years of research, soul search, and experience, left her previous life behind and found her calling in opening a beautiful center for deep healing and spiritual awakening. I myself, having visited USNT, will revisit very soon. It really is a beautiful place, spearheaded by its fascinating and visionary founder, Brooke Terror, who we will speak with momentarily. This was a very interesting and insightful interview on a gorgeous property with a truly lovely person. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this one. Thank you for joining us for this gem of an episode. Are you interested in the medicinal benefits of cannabis, but concerned with the legal and professional ramifications of using marijuana? CBD's Apothecary is a one-stop shop for all your CBD needs. People all over the world are turning to CBD to alleviate stress and anxiety, get better sleep, reduce inflammation, relieve pain, and so much more. CBD's Apothecary curates a full line of branded and lab-tested CBD products. Visit www.cbdsapothecary.com to shop our CBD oils, vapes, edibles, topicals, and supplements. CBD's Apothecary is also home to the only CBD-infused nut edible on the planet, CBD's Nuts. Our edibles start at just $5 a bag, and we've recently reduced the price of our most popular product, CBD's Drops 1000 mg CBD oil, to only $50. We have specifically priced our products to make CBD affordable and accessible to everyone. Shop now at www.cbdeezapothecary.com. Psychedelicast listeners enjoy 10% off at checkout with promo code MED. That's C-B-D-M-E-D. Thank you, CBD's Apothecary. Hope you guys are ready for a fun one today. Really, really excited to bring you a local figurehead in the plant medicine and psychedelic culture. We had a great talk on a beautiful day. I'm really, really excited to offer this one to you guys. Um, before we get into the interview, though, let's talk a little shop. You guys know what I'm going to ask of you right now. Um, the response to the show thus far has been really, really 
overtly great in my opinion. I really appreciate all the love that we're getting. Um, we've had some feedback from some new fans and the messages uh, from the Facebook group, uh, from the Facebook page rather. Pardon me. We're still um, we're still haven't we still haven't launched the Facebook group yet. That's coming in the near future. Um, I really just want to build listenership and offer great content before I get too caught up in creating other avenues for funneling into this project because that is not what this is about. Uh, of course, um, the more people that listen to this show, um, the more information is disseminated and the more people learn and the more fun that I get to have. That's all well and good. Um, but our number one focus here at Psychedelicast is and always will be bringing you the foremost information and interviews with the brightest minds in the plant medicine, entheogenic, and psychedelic arenas. With that being said, it would be a wonderful help if you would join us on the Facebook page at Psychedelicast. You can follow us on Instagram at Psychedelicast as well. Um, beyond that, what we really, really need is for people to subscribe to the show on iTunes or subscribe or catch the podcast Depending on your um, platform use, just subscribe to the show wherever you're listening. Do us a favor. Drop us that five-star rating. Uh, review us. Leave a, little, uh, leave a little review on there. Tell us what you're digging, what you're not, what you'd like to see more of, what you could care less about. That's all well and good. We would love to hear your feedback. Um, the last thing we're going to ask you to do beyond liking, reviewing, and subscribing to the show is to share it with your friends, family, loved ones, those in the community. Share it via social media. Share it via word of mouth. Um, that really helps the show to expand, and that's going to help give me more opportunities to create better content and to access higher caliber guests. All of our guests are of the utmost um, importance and of the highest caliber. But what I mean is to gain access to the more visible figureheads of this culture and movement. So guys, thank you so much for that. I know that you're going to be liking, reviewing, subscribing, and sharing with your friends and family, and I certainly appreciate that. Thank you so much. In psychedelic news today, an article from Market Watch entitled Coronavirus and Cannabis Vape Supply is a Concern Due to China Shutdown. This article was written by Max A. Cherney, published March the 4th, 2020. Amid a widespread market sell-off due to investor concerns about the COVID-19 outbreak, cannabis companies also have to contend with disruptions involving vaporizer hardware, the vast majority of which is produced in China. In a normal year, weed companies buying vape hardware from China expect a winter disruption of roughly a month surrounding Lunar New Year, but coronavirus is expected to extend that pause another three to six weeks, according to Kush Co. Holdings, Inc. Chief Executive Nick Kovacevic. Many companies stocked up ahead of the New Year celebrations, Kovacevic said. A quote from this man, Kovacevic, people will stay in business, but it's frustrating and a little disruptive. The reason it's taking a long time is the workers couldn't get back to their factories to restart production. Canada legalized the sale of vapes and other cannabis-derived products in mid-December, a change referred to as Cannabis 2.0 in the industry. However, like with the original rollout of recreational legalization in Canada, there have been widespread supply shortages as products fly off of shelves. 
we can't make enough of these products to fulfill demand, a quote from Tilray Inc. CEO Brendan Kennedy. We shipped product to Alberta that sold out in six days and we will continue to ramp supply as demands ramp. If we were to feel the impact of the coronavirus, we would feel it first with the 2.0 products, Kennedy said in a telephone interview following Tilray's earnings report this week. We've been taking a good look at our supply chain. Aside from vape hardware, we can find sources that supply most of our core products in Canada and internationally. Kennedy said that Tilray's supply of vape products would be, quote, little bit of a pressure relief valve from various international sources to end that quote, and that the company is sitting on a significant amount of unbranded vape inventory. Kushco, which brings in more than half of its revenue from vape products, has enough hardware to continue with business mostly as usual, Kovacevic said. Disruptions will likely occur with hardware that's more rare or custom built for certain companies, and companies not as well supplied will also get hurt. Vape sales tend to grow against sales of raw marijuana, known as flour, as legal markets mature, according to Cy Scott, CEO of Washington-based Headset Inc., a closely held marijuana data provider. When a new market opens, the share of flour typically has started at roughly 80%, but then it drops over time to somewhere in the 35-50% to 50 range, Mr. Scott said. A quote from him, a lot of what we see reflected in the sales is related to availability. So it's just a matter of what they can purchase, and in California there is a wider availability of vapor pens and consumers are far more familiar with this format. The potential problems with the supply chain arrive, adding concerns about vaping-related illness and lung injuries which weed companies, including Kushko, said damaged their earnings for the December quarter. Headset data said that the sales of vapes declined by roughly 5% between August and October in California, Colorado, and Washington, but have since started to rebound. Prior to vape illness issues, cannabis companies buying hardware from China have also had to contend with escalating tariffs because of the trade war. the voice of Brooke Terror. I'm your host, Clint Kaylee, here on the Psychedelicast. We are broadcasting live from a beautiful ranch um, locally, and we have Miss Brooke here. We're going to discuss a little bit about um, this place that she and others have created in tandem to uh, offer ancestral medicines. So, Brooke, why don't you just go ahead and briefly uh, tell the people a little bit about you? Um tell us about this place that we find ourselves at this afternoon okay um so my name is brooke i'm 40 years old i am uh, i started a usnt usnt is short for universal summons of the new tomorrow and um i started this about five years ago when i met um my maestro which is uh, uh my teacher from peru his name is david dale um amazing guy amazing guy so uh at the time i was a school teacher um teaching you know mainly kindergarten uh pre-k some first second grade and you know i thought that i was that was it for me you know i was single living in a high rise in downtown houston and that was kind of just my world the whole nine to five and and all that and then i met maestro and and yeah 
and one thing led to another, <laughs> which I'm sure we can get into more yeah, yeah. In detail. But um, but yeah, so it really started with him and um, a lot of like, you know, just spiritual awakenings. You know, started like I watched The Secret in 2007, and then that kind of grew. Started studying quantum physics and trying to piece everything together, you know. But at that point, when I kind of really woke up, that's when I knew that there was a, a greater plan for sure. me. And I just, I wasn't actively seeking it. I was just, I knew, you know, intuitively sure. that something big was happening or something big was coming my way. And um, and then, yeah, it, it all kind of flopped. It's funny how things like that seem to happen, it, like... Um you get to this place in your life where you feel like it's the kind of the pinnacle or like what it's going to be, you know, you mm -hmm. get to this place of comfortability <laughs> and then these little things start to build up over time. And like, it eventually completely alters the trajectory of your life in such a drastic way. And even now I'm sure we like, I kind of feel like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be now. And you probably do too. Yeah. And then like in the future, you're going to look back and say, wow, that was a crazy stepping stone to get to like the next phase of whatever's going on if you guys hear the birdies chirping in the background we're actually recording this episode uh live outdoors so you may hear some various farm sounds just uh enjoy those as if you were here on this porch and it, it, this is a beautiful place that we're at today um just to interject there i just i think about that a lot like what led me to kind of get to this point and i think it was kind of about when i was 24 i was sort of unhappy I wouldn't say unhappy, but just unfocused, undirected. I didn't really know myself that well. And I'll probably look back at myself now in a few years and say that same thing, you know, kind of what we're talking about. Um, but yeah, I'd say around 24 is when, like, I started to realize there was something else going on and then I needed to research and dig into these interesting and esoteric other aspects such as the psychedelic, the occult, um... I'm just now getting into like quant the quantum physics stuff. I don't know. That's too a little bit too high math for me. It's it's pretty interesting though. Yeah, it gets deep, brother. Yeah, <laughs> so deep. Yeah. yeah. See, I would never have expected. Well, I mean, it kind of all works together and it's synchronous with these experiences. Absolutely. Yeah. When it comes to you know just waking up in general, like that, it's also connected. The medicine is extremely entwined with with all of the above. I mean, it's amazing the way it works. It is. And it, it seems to like, I don't know if it's kind of, it's kind of that age old question of like, is it the, what came first, the chicken or the egg? And it's like, now that I've seen these things, everything seems so synchronous or synchronistic. And it's like, is it because, is it that like Volkswagen effect? You know, is it because now I'm looking for these things or is it because they've been there all along? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> it, it, I th personally, I feel like it's been, Obviously, yeah, they're all along, but it, it's also multidimensional. Uh -huh. So until you're really paying attention to how intricate it is and how deep it all goes, you know, you don't, you're not able to see it, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the universe in general is our teacher. And so it's kind of like, you know, when the student's ready, the teacher appears. It's like when the student's ready, the, the universe lets you in on all the secrets kind of thing. Yeah. 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 That's kind of how it seemed for me as well. Tell me about this, uh, your introduction or your meeting with this maestro that you've uh, spoken about. Have you, did you go to Peru? No, Or did actually, Peru come to you? Um, <laughs> the whole, well, 
going back to the, what we were saying about it being like really multidimensional and um, and everything, it's all connected together. Uh, crazy story. Sometimes I tell it, sometimes I don't. Just just depending. But um, we you don't actually... have to tell it if you don't want to. <laughs> Feel free to if it's you'd fun. like, or give uh, us the short abridged version, whatever you like. <laughs> we uh, yeah, it'll definitely be a short version, no doubt. Um, only because this story is long, but um. <laughs> But it, it does sound crazy to normal people. Um, but I guess we're not normal anymore, so <laughs> yeah. might as well be honest. Yeah. Uh, so I actually met my maestro at a CE5 meeting. You know what CE5 is? Um, no. Okay, so CE5 was started by Dr. Grood. Um, and it's basically, it, it, st it stands for Close Encounters of a Fifth Kind. So we were actually, the way, like, there's close encounters of a first, second, third, fourth, you know, but close I've encounters. heard these terms before, but I'm not particularly familiar. I mean, I know like the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind, but I really don't know what it means, though. Yeah, it's, it means basically making contact. Like, there's different ways, different levels. Um, and right now, currently, we're on the fifth level, which is, you know, CE5, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. Okay. And Dr. Greer started that, and that's basically with uh, the collective consciousness you're able to bring in ETs or be able to, as a group, raise your vibe um, high enough to where you can interact with entities, extra extraterrestrial outside of yourself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. And some people think like it's like all ETs, like from outer space type thing. But I mean, it's, it's, it's a whole different level. It's, you know, being able to understand dimensions in the first place and understand that there's um, entities that are here we're just not able to see him because our frequency isn't high enough, you know? Yeah, that's interesting. So, yeah, that's he, we were at a meeting, and basically we were able to make contact. And when we did, um, it was, they were of the eighth dimension, and they were only coming through in lights, but they were coming through, so, I mean, it was dramatic. Like, it was amazing. But they were kind of shooting through um, deep in the woods into, like, hitting the tree lines. and um, And I was... I was just like, oh my God, like, let's, let's go. Like, let's go see them. Like, why are we all just sitting here? We're maybe a hundred yards away. And, um, are you guys using any medicine at this point or no, mm -mm. Okay. no, but he, he opened that, like he wasn't following the Dr. Greer's protocol, which is hilarious when you think about it, but, um, he was opening it as a ceremony, but none of us even knew he was a shaman. We didn't know he was. Okay, so at this point, this this experience that you're describing is being led by your the maestro that we're discussing. He it was being led by all of us consciously. Okay. You know, we were basically meditating. Okay. Um, but he was kind of he was doing a lot of drumming, rhythmic drumming, uh, doing a lot of work with you know the Frida and the Palo Santos and uh, things of this nature that you would normally find in a ceremony. Which all of that at the time was brand new to me. Yeah. Um, and so. Through him, we were able to make contact, but that was the only that's the only meeting he attended, and it's the only meeting that we made contact. But when we did, I wanted to go out to the forest, to the tree lines where the lights were hitting, uh -huh. and um, and I kept begging everyone, and everyone was too scared, and I was like, "What's the point of being here if you're too afraid to make contact?" You know? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I felt I've experienced that before, though. Yeah. You know, that fear of being there and then, you know, it's like holding the cup of ayahuasca. It's like, oh, yeah. you're here now. <laughs> are you going to, like, you can, are you going to drink it or are you not going to drink yes, it, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, I tell people that all the time. It's like they'll come for ceremony and I'll be like, take the second cup. And they're just like, no. I'm like, why would you come? Oh, that's so funny because when I was in Peru, they offered me a second cup. And, well, actually, just a quick aside, my blood pressure was kind of high because I was in the Andean Mountains. I went to Cusco, actually, and they were checking my blood pressure, and they didn't like it because it was slight. My blood pressure slightly elevated here at sea level, but um, there with the with the lack of oxygen, it was considerably mm. more elevated. So they're concerned about me. Yeah. Um, so they're checking me during ceremony, and like they're coming over, and like I'm at peaking on my first night, and they're like putting the thing on me, and I'm like. They're talking to me and stuff. I'm like, you guys, I can't even tell if you guys are human. Like, I don't know what's going on. I'm, try, I'm just trying not to freak out right now. Right? <laughs> These two light-made beings are approaching mm. me, hooking me up to this apparatus, and I'm struggling to, like, just not lose my shit, you know? That's hilarious. Uh, but they go, they tell me, Clinton, your uh, blood pressure is elevated. Uh, we, we can't give you a second dose of ayahuasca i was like bro there's no way in hell you could get me to a second dose of ayahuasca right now um but i i've always been uh i what i and the shaman told me sensitive to these uh medicines because i took a tiny tiny dose and i was like the most cataclysmically intense experience of my life you know wow and uh, he told me the day after when we were in our little like uh integration circle or whatever he was like uh i'm really glad that you took a smaller dose because you were well connected but i could tell that more would have been you wouldn't have been able to remain so connected because it just was really strong a really really intense uh experience for me even at a small dose but i just found that funny that um the, I forget where I was going with that, but the blood pressure <laughs> the thing. The second cup. Thing. The second cup, exactly. So, yeah, that's just a funny story from my experiences. Um, so, what? Where did the relation? How did the relationship continue from there with the maestro? Does, do you want to go into that further, or do you? Is uh, that, well, that's kind of like the. End, I mean, not the end of it, but like the, how, the beginning so, of. So, how, how did you get to? Uh, you, how did you get to plant? How did you come to plant medicines then? Well, to to wrap up that that sure. part we he ended up coming to me and he, and he was saying you really want to go to the tree lines and like are you serious and i was like i'm dead serious and so he's the only one that went with me we we walked out there and we were surrounded like to this day i feel strongly like that's where usnt the 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 bigger aspect of what whatever it was that happened to us out there um that was, I feel like that's where spirit kind of came in and said, okay, this is going to happen and it's going to happen between these, these two people, uh, or at least started with these two people. And, um, but we were just surrounded by this beautiful, pure white light. And I mean, I can't even express to you that feeling that it was, it was just unreal. You know, it was unreal. It was not of this world, Sure. not anything of this world. Um, but that was it there we didn't see any kind of any other than just light just being surrounded by it mm-hmm. um then the people that stayed back said that they saw just like a just like a huge orb form around us you know oh wow so we started walking <laughs> back at some point and we also lost all sense of time him and i both you know and he was quite amazed by the experience as well but we started walking back and um and he stopped me before we got back to the people, and he uh, he said, um, he said, what's your name? And I said, uh, Brooke. And he said, well, well, my name's David, but you can call me Maestro because I'm going to teach you. And I said, oh, okay. And 
from then on, literally the next day, uh, he came over to my house and, you know, for maybe, I mean, almost a full year, he was coming over an hour a day teaching me. And he, like, I think most good masters, um, was starting with all of the, uh, all the other tools involved with working with medicine. Sure. Um, like the Palo Santos, the Sage, the Agua and I mean, it was, it was a while, a long while before he ever gave me my first ayahuasca. Okay. But, um, but when I continued on with CE5 and he was no longer continuing on, we weren't making any contact, you know, anymore. Nothing was happening. So, yeah. um, as I was learning about shamanism at that point, you know, it was kind of like the group was dividing CE5 Houston and people that were more interested in what had happened that night. And so I just kind of switched it over and renamed it Universal Shamans of the New Tomorrow. Okay. And yeah. So you, so, so some of the people who you had been in that group with kind of branched off with you into this new project. Or yeah. Yeah. People. Okay. That's interesting. So uh, uh, was your ayahuasca, was that your first experience with plant medicines or had you experimented earlier in your life or was that your, just your first time using it? Plant medicine, yes. Okay, yes. so you never, no mushroom trips back in the day? Oh, no, yes. Well, I, <laughs> when I was in college. But um, it wasn't like in a no, in sense that you not, think of them now. Yeah, yeah. no. I knew I, I knew I had, um, I had definitely connected with um, the Nino Santos. That's what um, the, the ancestors call the, the mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, they know them for their consciousness. So um, basically in college I stayed for, I think about, three of my four years on, on a mushroom field. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, but I didn't know it until the last year. So um, I had no idea that they were those. Right there around you. Yeah. yeah. So, but that year, man, I really catapulted through school. <laughs> I loved it every, I, yeah. So I was I was definitely into that. But, um, but that, yeah, that was pretty much it, you know. Sure. And I think that's probably where most of us, well, I mean, I guess... I would say most of us started. I started, you know, as a teenager, someone gave me mushrooms one time and I was like, oh my God, this is, I mean, I didn't, I didn't realize the full implication of it that I feel like I have a grasp of now, but I instantly knew like, okay, this isn't just like watching the walls melt. Like there's something here that's an ally to the psyche and is used, it's beneficial for a lot of different things. And it took me years to like really suss that out and integrate that because it's my, my journey was just a slow build over time mm-hmm. until I finally went and tried and, and had my ayahuasca experience. And then that was like the kind of like the, the gates opening up, you know, and I had been interested in it for a decade previous, but it was like, I heard that call to go try ayahuasca. And it took me like seven years, you know, of like researching, mm-hmm. studying, getting to a point in my life where I was comfortable because mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to go to Peru to do it for my first time. Um, so, yeah, I think that's where a lot of it starts is, hey, man, try these mushrooms. And then, you know, some people may just say, oh, this is funny. This is hilarious. Um, tripping is cool. Some people may say never again. I will never do that <laughs> shit again, you know. And then I think other people are like, wow, this is um, far beyond there's a context that this can be used in far beyond the way that I'm using mm-hmm. it right now, you know? Yeah. Um, so how did you get here? 
uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, uh, so like I said before, um, I think I said it, that I was, you know, a teacher living in a high rise downtown Houston. And once I did start taking the medicine with uh, Maestro, uh, things just really, I mean, literally for my first ceremony, um, the Eagle Condor Prophecy, I'm not sure if you know about that. I've heard it mentioned before, but I'm not familiar with the concept though. Um, the <clears throat> very short version is um, knowing that the, or understanding that the, the birds represent medicine. So they say when the eagle of the con or when the eagle of the north flies again with the condor of the south, then the spirit of all lands will awaken. And um, so that's the short version. Understanding that the the eagle represents more uh, peyote medicine, grandfather medicine, and um, and the condor represents more of the South American medicine, like the the ayahuasca, mm -hmm. yeah, hey, so. Um, and basically it's kind of like the ancients, uh, also being represented by the, the condor, wake up the little brother being, you know, the United States, <laughs> so, okay. which is happening and it's happening on such a grand scale. I it mean, seems to be, it's very exciting. Yeah. Right. To be involved. Yeah. I mean, we got front row seats. It's awesome. I'm hoping, you know, this is like one of those moments in time where we get to look back and say, wow, that was like, we were there when it started, you know? and look at it now mm -hmm. you know? i'm very yeah. hopeful yeah it seems like an exciting movement it seems like things are shaking up in general oh yeah big time especially after the you know the, the february um the 220 oh yeah the, uh, the thank you plant medicine thing that mm -hmm. was really cool that was really cool about a thousand people that i have no idea who they are added me as friends on facebook <laughs> <laughs> I for real. I was like, okay, like a few people added me. I was like, okay, interesting. All right, I guess sure. Like I can promote the podcast and this other, you know, this and that. And then like the next day, I woke up. It was like fifty new friend requests. And it's been like that for a week. I'm like, whoa, hang on now. I don't know these people. <laughs> yeah, I literally started going through my um, scrolling through my my friend list, and like they didn't have that caption on the bottom. I'm like, delete, yeah. delete, yeah. unfollow. That's a good. That's a good way to just like uh, uh fill your wall with medicine. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. And that's another thing. I was like, man, my my timeline is like, I haven't seen anything that doesn't have to do with this type mm -hmm. of work in like weeks now. I'm Which not is sure. So awesome. I think you know. In a way, it is because it's very uplifting. It's very up empowering, but it is. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> but there's some, you know, there's some people that like I added a few of them, and they're very like, they're just I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> I I stopped adding people. We'll put it at that. <laughs> um, so all right, where were we? We're talking about the way that the kind of societal norms and culture seems to be changing its direction right now. Um, but we didn't quite get to getting here, I don't think. Oh, yeah, no, my bad. That's all good. It's all good. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I was a, a teacher at the time. Once the, the my first, literally very first ceremony, um, I knew something was happening. I knew spirit was taking me on, on, a, on somewhere, my destiny, basically. And, um, and, that, and that was my intention as well, was for me to you know, to find, to start doing what it is that I'm meant to do. You know, like I had said in the beginning, when I first started waking up in 2007, I knew that there was something mm -hmm. and that, so I made that my intention with my first ceremony to figure that out and, and 
asking grandmother to move through me and she did she did real fast um i mean literally from from that ceremony two weeks later we had land and i wasn't oh wow yeah i wasn't even looking for land i i, I mean i didn't have a reason in my head of why mm -hmm. um but immediately after the ceremony um i realized that you know that in order for me to do more ceremonies you know we need a place to do it and i can't in fact do it in my high rise so um so i found land but there was a house on the land and um and so i was also at the that was <laughs> summertime so i wasn't teaching and that school year before was the end of my teacher contract so i was able to leave if i wanted to the school uh so i decided to leave thinking that i'd be able to teach in porter porter was our first location so I left thinking that I could teach there and um, and no, like there was no teaching jobs open. I kept working so hard trying to get a teaching job in Porter and nothing was happening. But at the same time, all these shaman were calling to come, you know, and give ceremony. So I started focusing more on that and focusing on the land. And I mean, it just blew up <laughs> like, just like that, you know, it just continued to kind of naturally Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So yeah. I became aware that this was even a thing. I think I was on an ayahuasca group, and this was before I had made my plans to go to Peru. And I just casually questioned, like, hey, Houstonian, native, anybody aware of any, like, ceremonies going on here? Because I wasn't positive I was going to Peru. I thought maybe we can find some sort of, like, a, homes, a homespun type deal. Um, and someone linked me to that Facebook group. And so I was like, this is interesting. Like there's like, I think at that time there's like 5,000 members or something Yeah. in the group. And I was like, okay, so there's a lot of people involved in this. And then I, I like added myself to the group or someone invited me. I can't remember exactly how it was about like a year ago. And so I was like, wow, this is really, really interesting. So for a while, I just kind of watched the group just to just kind of like, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty cynical person by nature mm -hmm. and, and skeptical, I guess. So I was like, I just kind of want to see what's going on here. And, and everything seemed like pe the people seemed really nice. They were like <laughs> discussing in the group. It didn't seem like a bunch of bullshit, you know, like yeah. even in, you know, it's the internet. So even on entheogenic or psychedelic based pages you often you know the internet still infiltrates mm -hmm. like people are still mean and you ask a question because you don't you know you're looking for an answer and people just treat you like shit because you know they may know more than you and i didn't see any of that in that group for a long time so i was like man i you know and then i i eventually went to peru and then when i came back i was like okay something happened to me in peru that was more uh of a spiritual type uh, experience that I've ever had in my life. It was just so um, otherworldly that mm -hmm. even my very skeptical and analytical mind, I'm like, okay, it, I'm almost positive that there was entities outside of myself communicating with me and speaking with me. I'm 100% positive that I was in telepathic communication with other people in the ceremony. Oh, yeah. And all of these really, really like things that I would have before having this experience, I would have been like, that's woo woo bullshit. Like, come on, dude, like, <laughs> you're tripping balls. That doesn't happen. Like, I understand you're really, really high, but 
you don't have telepathic communications with people. Oh, yeah, and did. exactly. <laughs> and so, the, and you know, and I, I told the guy without even like going too deep into it, the, this one friend I had made who I was sitting next to, I was like, did you feel like, and he was like, yeah, for sure. And then he was able to tell me like certain parts of my vision without me having told him anything yeah, and things like that. And I, and I was like, okay, that, and you know, the shot, there was a portion where like people were purging very, very intensely and I could see like these dark energies and entities like coming up out of their buckets and like oh, liter- okay. literally coming out of their mouths and like they were like circling in the room. And so I like noticed that this is happening, but I'm like, okay, it like they're not messing with me, like I'm good. But it's like once I took notice, then they noticed that I noticed, <laughs> it was like they started to kind of like, yeah. like come at me. And I'm like, oh shit, and I got scared. And so, like, in literally in my mind, I, like, signal to the shaman. I'm like, I need help. Something is happening here that I'm not prepared to deal with. And he, like, he made this sound, like, that he had been making the entire ceremony. But it's just, like, really powerful sound, like a st. And it, like, yeah. cut through these, like, black shadow entities that were coming through me. And, like, they dissipated. And I was like, okay. I didn't say a word to this guy. He just did, like, he just saved my ass, basically. So that's just an example of the type of things that I experienced that I would have before, literally before that night, considered Mm -hmm. to be impossible, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah, they can see, they they can see straight through, like, they can see the spirits, you know, things like that. And, uh, and, I mean, the the way some of them have explained to me is just, it's just mind-boggling, you know? mind-boggling to understand I, I can imagine yeah because all I, their stuff like the widows they use all of it they all the tools you know like it it was frustrating um to have to go through all of the teachings that maestro made me go through uh-huh. um but i'm so glad i did because now when one of our shaman picks up a wida picks up palo santos picks up algo florida i know exactly what they're doing i know what they're seeing i know you know why it's being used and you know now i i you know i help basically in mm-hmm. ceremonies um so i don't you know unless like the shaman's like super busy i won't touch their tools you know but but mainly i'll go for you to help you know pull people back back to this realm sure you know i do help with that more so than not but um but yeah it's it's amazing the what they're doing like they it it's is a whole nother whole nother round it must it, it is fascinating and i've like i thought about that after my experience i was like okay so my experience was this level of intensity and i saw the amount that i drank versus the amount that the shaman drank yeah, no, right? this guy is still like able to move around help people to talk, yeah. do his whole thing which mm-hmm. you know that's i've only had i've only drank twice so my experience wow. is very limited you know mm-hmm. but just from those two experiences i was like First of all, how in the hell is anybody able to do anything in this state? Like, at <laughs> all. I can't even it. stand up. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I can't even, I need to pee so bad and I am incapable of getting up and going to the bathroom. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. It, <laughs> but it, I guess, took, it took a long time. I'm, like, I'm well over, I mean, I stopped counting at 52, um, but that was a long years time ago. ago. So, yeah, like, wow. I mean, at So least you're very, two. very experienced in. Well, I mean, they're all different. Sure. So you how experienced can you be? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> when you don't know what's gonna happen. I mean, you know the basics, but you yeah. don't know. You don't know the hardcore. Uh, you know, 
like is it gonna be a calm one is it gonna be a crazy one you never know but um but yeah i'm, I'm blessed enough where i can i can uh you know so far you know hold my own i mean not in the beginning obviously not in the beginning i mean yeah. i've done it all like i've done so, it all like yeah, yeah. all the embarrassing things oh yeah did it yeah. <laughs> yeah. trust me I've, I've been there so many times but um but i've definitely found a place where i can um you know drink uh as much ayahuasca as you know i'm wanting at the time and and hold my own which is I never thought that would be possible. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't seem realistic at, at, my, at this point in my life. But I, you know, practice makes perfect, or you know, you get closer. So you got to practice for sure. And you know, it's interesting that during my even those just those two experiences I had that they were giving me what they called a low dose, but I had a very very strong experience, and I was kind of questioning after basically what seemed to be this outside entity, grandmother ayahuasca, is the best way I can describe it, speaking to me. And I'm like questioning, like, should I, should I be adamant or persistent in getting some more? And she basically is like, no, you don't like, don't, don't all that stuff that you're worrying about is irrelevant. Like, I've already got you under my care. We're, we're working where you need to work. Like, why are you worrying about external things right now? Like, just, yeah. just be here and don't worry about all these other like things that, you know, you're, you're like your monotonous everyday thoughts come popping into your mind during the experience. And it's almost like you, for me, I kind of, it's comforting to go into that, like, to think about, like, the monotony because mm. it's it's familiar. You, you understand yeah. it. And you're in such an alien, unfamiliar place that it's like, oh, let me just think about paying the bills and getting back to work on this and that. And she's like, why are you, you're, like, running away from me. Why are yeah. you doing that? Like, yeah. She's don't a jealous to... medicine in a good way. <laughs> yeah. In a really good way. She's very jealous. And she's <laughs> teaching me that. She's like, look, this is how it is in your life. You these things that you deem difficult or that you deem too intense, a lot of times you're trying to, even though you're going through it, you're trying to escape from it in one way or another, be it via your drugs or your your tendency toward workaholic, to be toward being a workaholic or this, that, and the third, when you really need to sit with these experiences because these difficult kind of intense experiences are the ones that build your character and you know, help yeah. you in your life. So she's like, why did you come all the way to Peru to drink this and now you want to escape? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Just chill for a second. <laughs> that's exactly, yeah. I feel the same. And that's just that one of here. many, many lessons, you know, that are handed down to you throughout the night. And some are like pressed a little more and some are a little, you know, it kind of comes in different. Because I had many other things that were shown to me. But that was kind of like a core idea. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if you can understand this core concept, it applies to like so much other stuff. If you can yeah. just slow down and don't try to escape the difficulty of life, like then maybe you won't even see it as being so difficult. Exactly. You know, and it changes like the whole way you perceive things. So what medicines are, I know that there's the list is probably extensive because I've been following, like I said, and I've seen some of the things that you guys have been posting, but what all's going on around here? Um... Uh, well, we have, so we started with ayahuasca, um, then we, uh, we have ayahuasca, um, we moved into peyote, uh, San Pedro, Yopo, Bufo, Combo. Okay. So those are the six, uh, main ones. What else is there? Ibogaine? Uh, the Nino Santos, the mushrooms. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the iboga. We do have a shaman, um, Lee, who actually wants to bring iboga here. 
Um, there's iboga and there's iboga, wait, iboga and iboga gained. Mm -hmm. um, so those are different. Yeah. The ibogaine requires like a medical staff, you know. Sure. So anyhow, but um, but yeah, we have not. That's that's the one that we don't offer. The Nino Santos, the mushrooms, we we do, but it's rare because we we want a very specific shaman for that that can keep you know because i mean the reason they're named nino santos or the reason why the the ancestors named them nino santos is because of the consciousness um so all the medicines have like just like um like ayahuasca's walita grandmother you know that's the consciousness you're taking in peyote and san pedro or walito grandfather that's the consciousness you're taking in so mm -hmm. it's like if you consider your body a vehicle um you're taking in that medicine uh, into your vehicle, and then your consciousness of Clinton takes the the passenger seat or the back seat, depending how much you take. You know, yeah, yeah. so you can still see throughout the driver window. However, the driver is now the consciousness of the medicine, and so that's why they're named for these consciousnesses to understand better what you're taking in. So Nino Santos in Spanish is holy little children, mm -hmm. and so understanding that when you take the mushrooms it's you're taking in the consciousness of holy little children sure it's like <laughs> to put yourself in a ceremony for that it's it's kind of like putting um a child in a classroom it's not so easy that's so, a really good analogy i've never thought of it like that yeah it's it's not so much of a ceremony appropriate medicine however it's still just as sacred it's still just as natural so um so it just requires the right shaman and we, we've only met a few of those, and they're not easy to come by. So we don't offer those often, but when we do, we do offer, you know, the right way. Interesting. And I would definitely be interested in experiencing that myself. I haven't, that seems to be one of the more underrepresented medicines ceremonial, ceremonially, I would say, or one that I, doesn't seem to be a whole lot of research about. I know of the... There's certain tribes in Mexico that still um, that use them. I saw a, a, a mini doc on it, and they were talking about how they even give the mushrooms to children and that they mm -hmm. grow up in that lineage. And that I mean, that was just really interesting. I can't. I think it was a vice piece, but anyways, that's interesting because the mushroom does tend to have a kind of mischievous, mm -hmm. fun. Uh, aura around it, you know. Yeah, you're so, gonna be chasing butterflies on any medicine. It's gonna be. The, yeah, <laughs> you know, well, but it, you know, it's not to say that they're just around the corner. There's a whole, not a right not a whole level, level of like there's a whole drop off there or uh, ascension if you if you'd rather that. <laughs> it's so true. Because uh, there's a yeah there's a distinct difference. In, well, while we're speaking though of of the names of the consciousnesses, mm -hmm. it's interesting to note that um, that the the yopo. Is, like people think that the like intensity wise that it stops at like ayahuasca san pedro you know um peyote but it doesn't the the yopo is named um uh grand espiritu mm -hmm. the great spirit so it's kind of it the consciousness of yopo kind of raises you above um and it's it's also the time travel m medicine uh, you can see both past and future uh not just this life but all like past lives, future lives, um, which is why I fell in love with Yopo. But um, but Bufo is named Dios, mm -hmm. 
which is God. Sure. So that is like the ultimate. Uh, That's what I've heard. I've heard it referred to as the Everest of the psychedelic. Oh yeah, it's yeah. it's the end all be all of all medicine. I mean, it's it's the literal death. You know. Yeah. You actually you you go there. That's scary. <laughs> it's beautiful. I'm sure that it is. It's beautiful because then you realize that once you've done it, you never did it. You never did the bufo in the first place. You never did any medicine. You were never born. You will never die. You just are, and that's all there is, and that's it. And it's just so I'm sure that's amazing. very empowering and freeing. Oh uh, yeah, it I is. Bet. But it's really scary to go again. Like it's like the ultimate roller coaster. Like whoa, I don't know. <laughs> I bet. I bet. I know that was. Um, well, I've experienced that before. You know, the second night, I just couldn't. After the first night of ayahuasca, just thinking about drinking the second night, I was like, "There's no possible. There's way. no way. I can't. Yeah. I can't do it." And I ended up, you know, gathering my, uh, gathering myself and doing it, and it was great. And I'm so glad that I did. But I, I know the uh, feeling that you're describing there. So yopo is actually a seed. Mm -hmm. It contains bufotenin, 5-MeO, and NNDMT. Mm -hmm. um, I've actually tried Yopo in a, what I would assume is a small dose because I definitely had a alteration of consciousness, but not particularly strong. Um, and I actually did it myself, and um, so and I'm not particular, not experienced with it. So I prepared it myself and all that. Um, so I'm I have a cursory knowledge of it, but I'm assuming like all these medicines there. Levels, layers of greater magnitude beyond that. So I've never really mm -hmm. gone into the Yopo experience. But you deeply. you tried it yourself. I have tried it. Yeah. Did you did you have the uh, the deactivator or the activator beforehand? Because um, that makes all the difference. <laughs> what do you mean by that? An MAOI? Is the Syrian room? Um no. Or, oh. I did not. So that I know that that's uh, like um, the MAOI is what allows the DMT and ayahuasca to be broken down processed it also mm -hmm. you can use it in tandem with uh, psilocybin psilowaska which is said to intensify and increase duration of the experience so i'm assuming it works yeah. similarly with yopo because it's allowing these yeah. uh, alkaloids to be more readily um, ingested yes and some some seeds are stronger than others which is really hardcore mm -hmm. uh with with that the standard because uh, just for an example, we had a ceremony um, the other day. My God, what normally takes like an hour and a half to three hours max, seven and a half hours oh, later. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's wow. the second time that that's happened to me. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like, we got to get some. I thought we were supposed to do some stuff today. Like, uh -huh. That's crazy. Yeah. So do you, uh, every time that a shaman comes out here, do you sit every time or do you kind of just feel it out which ones you want to sit in or do you and are you involved in all ceremonies i'm always i mean basically yes i am um whether it's uh i mean sometimes it's like you know sometimes we'll have like weekend by weekend by weekend by weekend and it's just too much you sure. know i yeah. have to process because regardless of whether i'm working on the ceremony um or not like i'm still having to take the medicine so uh there'll be Usually when I'm working the ceremony, it's like I'm, I'm taking in everyone else's processes. And so, um, like, I'll process, not their process, but I'll process uh, everything that I learned from their process. And sometimes it's just too much. 
So on those times when I'm still processing from like say the weekend before, then I'll I'll take a break. But I won't sleep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I won't be going to bed that night. I mean I'll be very well aware. But that that's normally only with shaman that I trust with all my heart, you know? Sure. Because uh, at the end of the day, there's only, you know, myself and my brother Justin who, and then of course the shaman, who are responsible for what happens here. And so, um, yeah, I would like, it has to be either, you know, both, I completely trust the shaman and, and Justin's also there. Sure. Those times I feel secure with taking a break, but normally no. Normally no, I don't take a break. I'm always always there and and making sure everyone's good <laughs> you know but we everything we do here is extremely safe you know yeah. like i mean all the shamans know like i i talk to you know our people prior to if they're on medications if they're on you know especially with ayahuasca um also especially with combo um you know i i get a lot of details you know sure. from where each person's coming from and then I relay those details to the shaman, um, and then the shamans are aware of you know what person is coming from you know what background. So they all know that pretty much you know in a nutshell every ceremony. But you know the the ones where it's more you know like direct stuff like uh, people with PTSD, sure. things of that nature. You know like it's super important for the shaman to be support. And then sometimes there's people that are just like. Totally chill, totally just a regular everyday Joe, really yeah. like interested in wanting to expand spiritually and then they don't realize they've got all this inner stuff that they've got to heal and then bam, next thing you know, they're yeah, freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so it's, that's why every ceremony is so different. Sure. You know, there's no way to, no way to control it, no way to know, but at the same time, you don't want to control something like that. Yeah. And you kind of, you know, these people will need to have these, uh, experiences be it difficult for us to watch or for us to be involved in i know that during my experience there were people around me who are having very very difficult experiences mine I, it was very intense but i wasn't to the i mean there were points where it's like okay you ready you gonna freak out now or what like, are, you gonna, <laughs> are you gonna be okay and then like i kind of talk myself through and we get you know me and whatever else was going on we'd get through it and then different things would take place but there's like a guy next to me who's like begging to be taken out, begging for like to be removed from ceremony, begging for this to stop. Yeah. And he's writhing and he's just, and I could tell as soon as we drank, he got very, very agitated and very uncomfortable. He couldn't sit still. And like, I just knew I was like, he's about to have a, you know, he's in for stormy weather tonight kind of. And he did. But then at the end, you know, he was at, when it was over and we were all gathered afterwards, he was like, wow, that was the most beautiful, <laughs> beautiful experience of my life. And I'm like, didn't seem like it from where I was sitting. Like, good <laughs> no, right. for you, bro, because I was I like, didn't feel like that. <laughs> and you know, it's, it's, it's so interesting because you, all these, you're involved in all these experiences with these other people. So mm -hmm. it's like, you're trying to focus on what you're working through or whatever, but your experience is being colored by whatever else is going around, going on around you. Yeah. And I mean, I just found the entire concept of like the communal consumption interesting because I've never done that. Yeah. My previous practice has always been kind of more like the Terrence McKenna, like five grams and silent darkness type deal. I where, learned now. <laughs> just, you know, this experience is only for me. I don't really want anyone else around coloring it. And that's a good way to learn. I've learned a lot through, via that. 
yeah. you know, that kind of deeply introspective um, experience as opposed to the communal experience. Um, well, that's one thing, like, honestly, that I, I value most about USNT. That, I mean, even when I was starting USNT, I, well, again, I didn't even know what I was starting, I, you know. Um, it honestly formed itself. You know, spirit formed it, you know, and straight, straight prophecy, you sure. know, uh, which I'm honored to be a part of. But, um, but the more I learned as I was going through all of it is the beauty of, uh, of USNT is, you know, like with, like, if, let's say you go to Peru and, you know, you're with a bunch of strangers that are coming from all over the world, mm-hmm. you know, to, to have a ceremony, um, and to meet Mother Ayahuasca. And yet, it's like with, with USNT, um, we have people coming from all over the USA, um, and then, you know, all over, like, nearby, but we also have, you know, our group on Facebook, we also have a meetup, um, and we also just connect with each other, so all of us are, you know, it's a family sure. that's formed, and so we're able to go in, I mean, every ceremony will have at least, at the very, 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 very least, one first timer mm-hmm. at least one mm-hmm. you know um i think the one that you were at peyote right that was what 29 yeah <laughs> that was crazy 29 first timer i wasn't gonna bring that up at some point but yeah the shaman was like or the road man he was like he like looked at the other guys he's like wow yeah i don't think we've night? ever had this many ever uh i think first that's timers, what he said yeah. yeah that he's never seen that many first timers so there was yeah. definitely some sort of a large call to that one I know, really and I see was. why now. That was really amazing. That was really a beautiful ceremony. Very gentle for me, but very like uh, I really enjoyed that. You know, like I can say ayahuasca was very powerful, but I didn't really. There were parts that were very enjoyable, but it was very very difficult. That I was like, that was just a great time. You know, yeah, and it was awesome to see the tradition upheld and mm-hmm. the communication and the the vibe between the guys. That was just that was really cool. I was I feel so thankful to have been a part of that. Yeah, that I'm one looking was... forward to another one of those. That was really cool. I tell you right, April twenty fifth. April twenty fifth. Okay. Great. Yeah. All right. So now that we're we're kind of talking about USNT, why don't we why don't you describe uh, in a little more technical detail, I guess, what we were talking about earlier as far as being a church and how that works, however briefly or extensively you'd like to describe that, and then let's kind of talk about like how life goes here from day to day. Awesome. Okay. So. Um, so basically, uh, USNT is, you know, once we formed, um, we immediately wanted to get into the, uh, legality of it and get ourselves, you know, safe. Sure. You know, so, uh, we started building the community, building the members and also for people to know that they're safe and coming here. Exactly. You know? That's and, yeah. huge. Sure. Be- okay. So that brings me to an, another tangent that I kind of want to talk about because when I came here, the first and only time that I, other than this visit right now, um, I came at nighttime. I was completely unaware of what to expect, you know, for the most part. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, you know, it's closer to home, but it's, it's in a sense like going to Peru and going somewhere yeah. where you don't know anyone. You don't really know the lay of the land. You don't really know what to expect as far as the ceremony, you know, because these are all firsts for me. So I came here with a little bit of uh, hesitation, I would say, or a little bit of like kind of uh, an anxiety about like how this would all work. And I have to say that uh, as soon as I walked up here, I was greeted warmly by everybody who was out here. And there's a lot of people out here. And uh, 
it, I ended up becoming very comfortable once we finally, you know, we got into the tent or the uh, TP, pardon me, and that whole thing got going. But yeah, um, I think that's important for people to to have that understanding mm-hmm. because, you know, that colors your experience as well. If you yeah. come out here anxious about something as, you know, possibly trivial or monotonous as that, that can color your entire experience for the ceremony or the night just because it is what it is. People are uncomfortable in new situations quite often. Not everybody, right. but, you know, I am, so... No, um, absolutely, brother. I'm so, so super happy that you brought that up because that's really important um, for everyone to know. Like, with USNT um, and, you know, yourself included, like, for instance, when you said, you know, hey, I'm going to be in Huntsville tomorrow, you know, can I come by? And we had already talked about the podcast, but I wasn't thinking that you were talking about coming to do this today. Okay. I was just thinking, like, just to visit. And I'm oh, like, of okay. course, you know, sure. But, uh, well, but, that's very nice of you. <laughs> no, well, that's, that's the main idea, and that's what I want people to understand is, like, we're open 24-7. Like, when you become a member of USNT, you're, th- this is your land, literally. Like, we don't even have to be here. If you want to come and you want to just be in nature and do your thing, that's like, beautiful. then come. And we, we offer that to all of our family. Our doors never close. Um, our, you know, the land's always open, the, the horses, you know, I mean, it'd be great if you could train them, but you know, <laughs> whatever, like, yeah, spend some time working with them while you're here, that would help. But, but the whole, I mean, this, this is, uh, like, I don't consider this like my land or just me and Justin's land. It's, it's USNT land. And so all of our family, whether they've had medicine yet or not, are more than welcome and a lot of people uh kind of like i mean we don't ever have a day honestly i don't think probably maybe even in the past year where no one has come by at least one person per day at sure. least you know but more usually yeah way more than one and i kind of got that vibe when i drove up and i saw you know and then i came in and greeted various people i was like okay this has a very homey type feel yeah you know and yeah. I was hoping that that's what it was going to be like, but I wasn't sure. And then, I, you know, I was pretty much instantly put at ease because everyone was so nice, accommodating, helpful. Everybody seemed to be on the same wavelength. And, yeah. you know, they were setting up the ceremony and putting up the, you know, getting the fire. Everybody knows where the forks are. Everybody knows where the plates are. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, but, and that's, that's what we want here. We want everyone to be 100% at home. I mean, we've got, we've got, well, we took the, down over there just because of regrow the grass but um we still have tents up you know in different spaces where people just they create their own little home here yeah so they can come and you know so that's cool yeah but that's the main idea if anybody is uncomfortable uh well i just i know how scary that would be to mm -hmm. go to a ceremony and especially a first timer and not know anybody sure but you don't have to approach it that way you can come here anytime and meet us and hang out and get to know the land get to know the animals get to know me and justin get to know the house layout the land layout you can do all of that before your first ceremony you know it's important for us for everyone in ceremony to be super comfortable Mm -hmm. being here and entering that first ceremony because that's we're we're raising our vibes and our frequency together so if one person's a little apprehensive it's going to lower the complete vibe of ceremony so we want everyone to be super comfortable that's a really good point i'm glad we got to that point yeah um and i i see that now and i and i got that vibe as soon as i got here 
Um, but, you know, and I think there is some merit to the the kind of like Peruvian model or going somewhere where you don't know anyone and it's a whole new because, you know, that's also can be an opportunity for you to be very, very open. Whereas if um, maybe through this work over time, you become, you you create these very deep, intense relationships with the people you're in ceremony in, and then you feel more comfortable being very, very open. But I felt very comfortable being open yeah. in Peru because there was no one there That's who true, knew yeah. me or who would judge me for anything. So yeah. that almost helped me in a way to where I could be like, okay, like I can be whatever I need to be in this moment to have this experience other than be concerned with like this, that, whatever. Our, you yeah. know, our worldly concerns based around whatever it is that's making us feel uncomfortable or strange in that moment. Um, so I think there are merits to both. But um, why don't you tell me a little bit more about like the property? Like it looks pretty large. There's a lot of acreage here. How, how big is it? Uh, we're sitting on pretty much like honestly, I'm not positive of the exact number. I sure. think it's anywhere uh, 22 to 28 acres. Oh, okay. But I'm not positive on that. Um, I know. Uh, well, from what you can see from here, um, that's like a football field maybe a little more where the teepee from us to the teepee and then from behind the teepee which you haven't seen yet behind the gate um the bathrooms there's uh there's a separate ceremony space so the teepee is where we have most of the grandfather ceremonies mm -hmm. um behind that there's a gate and there's the place where we have more of the bupo yopo ayahuasca out in the open air um and it's got a big fire pit and then on the other side of that it's almost like a little cliff Okay. It doesn't look like Texas land at all, but it's like a little kind of drop off, and then there's a, a creek that flows all around. And um, I've seen that. Uh, I think what I believe to be what you're describing in some of the videos that you guys have posted on the on the group. I've seen people kind of down there playing in the creek and whatnot. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. They'll have a little bit of everything here. So for the listeners, what we're sitting on a porch right now, and we're looking out across basically what she described. A football field size open field with horses who are grazing there's a teepee at the far end and out beyond that in a more wooded area is going to be what she's describing as far as the other ceremonial spaces and, and then the pond and then there's a, there's a nice <laughs> pond over here to pond. the left i mean this this property is gorgeous especially today this is just an absolutely beautiful day so the view that we have right now is quite stunning and quite appropriate for what's going on here just a beautiful place for a lot of beautiful work to be done so that's pretty uh that's a pretty cool thing and like i mentioned before i grew up on a, a farm it, it was bigger than this but the layout and the it was very similar to this so that kind of made me feel at home because i was since i came from that upbringing i was like okay this is familiar at least in this aspect like nice. i'm used to there being fences fields wooded areas animals so that was all kind of you know uh comforting in a way because i was like okay this is like i've been here before you know um, so that was cool. Um, what's it, tell me a little bit about the kind of day-to-day -day care here on this ranch, because obviously people got to take care of these horses and keep <laughs> right. the grass cut. And there's a lot, look, just from where I'm sitting right here, that looks like it's a lot of work. Yeah. And most people probably don't see that aspect of it. Um, no. Yeah. A lot. Don't see that. Um, it is a lot. It is so much. And just since we're talking about it now, um, I'll just give a shout out to Justin. My brother Justin is amazing. When like I don't think I could 
uh, to do all this. Um, when you say your brother, is he your physical brother? Your blood brother? Biological? Well, as close as you can get as okay. far as spirit-wise. I mean, sure. yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to understand y'all's relationship. Justin, I've spoken to him briefly. We're going to do an episode together. He hasn't gave me the final like okay, but I'm gonna after this goes up, he'll be he'll be yeah, gone. He'll so, do it. Yeah, for come sure. on, brother, he'll yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah, he will. And he seems like a really really interesting guy, so I definitely want to talk talk to him. He's phenomenal. He uh, right when USNT really began way back in Porter, uh, he started training with um, Madhu, uh, which was the original Butler Shaman that we had, and and he's just I mean. I mean, it, he's amazing when it comes to natural-born healer. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he found his path, he's doing it, and um, and he, he walked away, like just like I did, walking away from teaching and and the whole 9 to 5 and that whole life. Escaping the rat race. Yeah, yeah, sure. but trusting, trusting spirit is the sure. scariest thing, honestly. I and, believe that. I kind of yeah. experiencing that at this moment because I'm wanting to go deeper into this and work with it. But at you know, honestly, just doing this is I'm at, I'm at risk from my career and mm-hmm. my education and everything that I've worked for at this point. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately, just as a slight tangent. Um, that during the psychedelic experience or the plant medicine experience, a lot of times it's a training for life. So you get a training of letting go of things like mm-hmm. things that are, you have to surrender. If you don't surrender, if you struggle a lot of times it gets out of hand. Um, sometimes it's easier to surrender. Sometimes it's harder. It depends on kind of what it is that it's asking for you to give up. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so I kind of have been thinking about this lately is like, I'm practicing surrendering in these, in these plant medicine journeys and these psychedelic experiences can I actually surrender those things that mean the most to me or what seem from my perception mean the most to me? Like I worked really, really hard to get my degrees and to get to where I am as far as my career. And it's like, are you willing to follow this path to its, to wherever it leads? And if you are, that may mean that you have to give up these other things that you've spent a lot of time on. And that is very daunting and very it scary. Is, yeah, but it is so worth it, brother. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. trust me. Yeah. I went, I did the whole college thing, worked my ass off, like, you know, and I took my time in college. Don't get me wrong. You know, and then when I started my career, it was just, you know, it was, I don't know, it was basically, it's like, you know, you work so hard and you build up all these loans and, you know, student loans, all this stuff. And it's like, for what, you know, for a mundane lifestyle, it's just so mundane. I really wanted to make like a difference in kids' lives and things like that. But the school system is so, it's not. I live with a first grade teacher. So, oh, so, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm aware at that level. I don't, you know, I don't go, she tells me about it all the time and how difficult and Mm. how, how messed up the system is. Yeah. There's no teaching involved. (laughs) Yeah. And she's just following a script. She explains that to me all the time. And I'm like, I know it's, you know, and that's kind of what's all brought us. That's what's brought me to this point. And although I'm proud of what I've achieved and I have a good job that I help, I do help people. And, um, it is fulfilling in a certain aspect, but it's not fulfilling me in the way the way that I most need, that I most want, you know? Yeah. So I'm starting to, like, come to that, and it's, like, me wrestling with that idea of, like, are you willing and able to surrender that? Because that, to me, is, like, the ultimate 
uh -huh. uh, act of surrender. If I could give so, yeah. up my job and my my societal my position in society or my money wow. uh, possessions, you yeah. know, I beg you to do it. Let me and let me just tell you this: if there's one thing that I could tell everybody in the world, you know, um, real simple, real cut and dry. Um, let go of the degrees, let go of the time that we all spent working towards this uh, thing that we thought we were supposed to become, sure. um, and follow your passion. Just follow your passion and give it 100% and let go of everything else and pray about it. Yeah. Trust spirit. Spirit knows exactly what it's doing. Um, I swear my life, you do that. If everyone were to do that, we would live in a perfect world. Yeah, it Period. seems that way. Yeah, it's absolute truth, I promise you. Yeah. Like, Spirit didn't really give me a choice. I'm so glad <laughs> that yeah. Spirit didn't. And thank God for the medicine, you know, that. but that's what the medicine's doing. A lot of people think that it's, you know, oh, it's just, you know, healing uh, these ailments and healing these emotional traumas, things like that. No, it's so much more so much more than that it's healing the world yeah. by forcing people to look at what matters you know and when you really look at what matters you start to follow your passion and you start to believe in yourself mm -hmm. and that's what's changing your world so i tend to agree with you and you know as much as i understand that like in my heart Logically, it's hard for me to let go because that's my conditioning my whole life, you know, mm -hmm. and even from outside forces and from my own self, you know, from me pushing myself to to accomplish this and accomplish that. And now it's like, you've done all that and now just to get to this point where my logical mind is like, why did you do all that to get to this point to let it go? Like, it doesn't make sense logically. But then there's another part of me that's like, it makes the most sense like yeah. you needed to go through all that to get here exactly. so that you would have these experiences or and have the understanding and knowledge of that life to realize that it's not all it's cracked up to be and it may not be what you want to do forever absolutely not like it's it's to me it's it all it's it's worth it like and i did 35 years of it really. 35 years of just just mundane life mundane life mundane life you know and then um of those 35 years there was about seven where I was like, okay, there's got to be something more. The, those last seven, you know, was intuition really pulling and spirit really pulling. And, and you know, it was never really a decision for me to just go with it. It was kind of, I'm going to go with the land and then, you know, all other options ceased. <laughs> and like, as far as continuing teaching and and all the shamans started showing up. So, uh, so my path was pretty set but again that was with medicine yeah so that's kind of the key but but I think the biggest point to understand is when you give just like like I did as well but but Justin anyone that I've seen do this so far um, has been complete success with it you know when you surrender 100% to spirit and you say look I I'm ready to live my plan mm -hmm. like the whole point when I decided to come into this this time zone of this lifetime, you know, I wanna like I wanna fulfill that now. Mm -hmm. Spirit will run with you, yeah. and she won't stop. Like it, it'll be like a marathon until you are <laughs> absolutely back on your path of the reason you were born. I mean, it's huge. Yeah, it's huge. And the fact that you're involved in all this now, 
at this point, you know, and yeah. doing this right now, even this podcast, I mean, it's so obvious. Sure. It seems synchronistic and it seems like, it does seem for me like an obvious evolution of where it's supposed to go. Mm-hmm. And it becomes clearer and clearer with each step. But there's, like I said, there's still these attachments that I have that are hard to sever, you know, and um, I'm slowly kind of cutting away at them and like letting go of things. And I guess that's just the way I have to do it, you know, until... Can I suggest something? Please do. (laughs) Take more medicine. (laughs) Take more medicine? Yeah. brother. I know. I probably need to. I, you know, and I come from, like I said, I come from the the more Terrence McKenna school of like taking, taking the heavy dose, integrating it for a long time. And, you know, I I feel like that's kind of my way, but I also feel like... I, there's more work. There's a lot of work that I need to do that I, you know, maybe there's there's parts of me that have fear around this, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm battling those different in in different in various different ways. Um, so I'm trying to like learn to quiet those fearful voices, those voices of anxiety, and follow the voice of hope and trust and belief. And mm-hmm. whenever I do successfully achieve that, it always works out for the best. Always. And any time that I like I play cool or play it on the side of caution it's never no, it never it's, ends it's, up being what it could have been you know and it can't be it can't be when you when you play on the side of caution it, there's an imbalance you sure. what i'm saying yeah it's a major imbalance and and spirit doesn't work that way spirit works in the way of you run full on like straightforward um that's another thing that i tell people with the medicine as well as you know like when you're in a situation like where it kind of sounds like you're at right now, mm-hmm. like kind of like, ah, what, you know, do I go full force or do I, you know, uh, do I wait and integrate a little bit before I do my next ceremony? When you're in this stage, which is you're, you're at the, you're like, you got like two miles left of this huge lifelong marathon before you break through the finish line. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of where I see you at. And it's like, it's like, do you really want to pause and integrate or do you want to just bam, 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 get this done? You know, like it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard as hell to take on a lot of medicines and then allow them to, to integrate you to the point of the finish line. But can you imagine being at the finish line? You know, like there's a reason you're born. There's, there's like the animalistic and self-preservation parts of me are strong too, you know? Yeah. And that's why you say, take more medicine, break through those, uh, break, through. break through those things because I'm probably not going to do it sitting here talking about it and thinking about it, you know? <laughs> that's just not the way that it works. Um, let's see here. Um, what medicines would you like to see practiced here more so? I know you guys pretty much hit the cycle here. So you, well, before we go into that, tell me about some of the shamans that you have here, because I know you have, like, shamans from all over the globe that come here. Am I mm-hmm. correct in that? Yeah, we've got all, we got them all. <laughs> they, they have people who come from Peru, Colombia, Mexico. We have about four from Peru. Um, two of the four are Shipibo shaman. We have, um, uh, and Shipibo is, like, the original tribe of sure. Ayahuasca. Uh we have a lot from Colombia. Yahe. Yahe. Um, we have some more popular than others. Um, popular among like our people. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a lot that just choose. Well, a lot of people when they come for a specific medicine, the first shaman they sit with 
they just form an attachment. Sure, I and can they see don't want to sit with another. I get it too. I get yeah. it, but it's you know, it's I think it's just so beautiful what we are able to offer, and I I wish more of our people would um, pick up on that uh, as far as doing it, but but seeing all the different traditions, all the different rituals, all the different ikaros that yeah. are sung, you know, it's just, it's so beautiful to see um, this medicine across cultures. Sure. You know, so. Um, I, I find the rituals of it just from what, you know, just from my research and my own few experiences there, I, I really, that part of it, like the actual ritual and the implements they utilize and yeah. the singing and everything, it's so fascinating. And it invokes these, like, such strange like states of consciousness it can, yeah. it can take you into these very like ancient feeling mm -hmm. worlds of like just where you feel this really deep nostalgia for like all of humanity it's it's really strange and and each implement alters it slightly like mm -hmm. the song definitely can guide you or bring you back the Agua Florida, the smell is really strong and cloying. It, to me, I, in, in my experience, I, I really didn't, uh, it kind of agitated me because it was such a strong smell. <laughs> like the leathery kind of earthy smell of the mapacho like, kind of brought me back to myself, grounded me. Well, the, the Agua Florida, is, it agitated you for a reason because it was, it's meant to bring you back, you know? Yeah. It, 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 not so much grounding, but bringing you back to this, this room. Uh-huh. So... You know that's and that made that may be the explanation for what it was because that's what it would do to me is I would smell it and I'd be like, it's too strong. It but it, it would kind of bring me back to it would distract you yeah. from where you were. Exactly. <laughs> You're like, oh, what is this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. you do you know they do it in intervals and you kind of intuit what's going on as you move through it. Um, but yeah, it fascinating and to think that all those different cultures converge right here. Yeah. Um, that's pretty crazy, you know? That's, like, really, really cool, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've had a lot of experiences where people, you know, while they're with the medicine, just, they see so much here on the land. They see uh, healings that have happened from other ceremonies, mm -hmm. you know? And they're able to describe, you know, like, the, the people and just all kinds. Of, it's just, it's amazing uh, to have this space, it is. you know? So I've been here for the peyote ceremony. I'm looking, super looking forward to doing another one of those. I would consider, I think I would consider drinking ayahuasca here. Um, what about I mean, Bufo, brother? Bufo? I want to, man, that one, that one. <laughs> this weekend. I know, that one really, that one, that one really triggers that like self-preservation egoic fear in me, to be totally honest with you. Well, that's good because Bufo will cut you right through the ego. It just takes yeah. it right out of the and equation. <laughs> and, you know, that's something that me and uh, someone who's very close to me were discussing is, like, these, you know, the things that you fear the most are generally the things that you need to face head on uh -huh. with the most fortitude or aggression. But you need to, those things that are so scary to you, probably the things that you need to go ahead and exactly experience. So... And I understand, once again, these things are easy to, like, it's easy to say that and to know it, but it's not so easy sometimes to practice it, you know? Oh, I know, <laughs> I know. Boop book gets harder and harder every single time. But I want to, I, I mean, I'm also, you know, my, like I said, my experience has been previous, uh, up until last year, I had never had a particularly what I would call spiritual experience. I had a lot of extremely potent cerebral experiences that 
altered the way that I lived and changed the way I thought. Um, but they weren't what I would call spiritual or uh, mystical, I guess, would be the way to describe it. And then after having that experience, it's like, okay, I want to start using these plant medicines in a different, more ceremonial, structured, kind of uh, a medicinal way. But there's a part of me that's still like that psycho knot from when I was like in my early twenties, you know. That's like I want to, I want to, well, to be honest, it's like I want to collect these experiences, or I want to have all these different experiences, like with the combo, uh, with the the yopo and the changa, and all these different medicines that are available. Um, so there's a part of me that feels that way, like a collector kind of, and I'm like, that's probably not the best way to view this and to go about it so i'm trying to like turn that guy down you know a little Uh bit um although it's always worked for me really it's i've like i've always had very mind-bending good experiences what i would always i would never i I wouldn't refer to any of my previous psychedelic experiences like a bad trip or whatever i mean there's parts i've had parts that were scary and you have to kind of work through those and then you get back where you're going um but yeah, there is that aspect of my personality too that's just a curious and explorer. And it's like, I uh-huh. want, you know, what there's no greater theme park than your mind in tandem with these substances. So you true, know? so <laughs> true. But, and, but that's the beauty of Bufo too. Is bu- uh, bah, Bufo basically takes you completely out of that, completely mm. out. It's gone. It, the, the mind is, you're not exploring your mind with Bufo. Not okay. at all. Not at all. You're exploring the truth of who you really are, which is so not your mind. It's yeah. not your mind at all. It's not your collection of experiences. It's no, not the collection no. of influences that you make up your personality with. Yeah, it's and like then all true... that kind of falls by the wayside afterwards. It changes your life completely. That's it what is... I've heard about it. Yeah. I tell everyone that calls, you know, with questions of Bufo, you know, I tell them before they, you know, reserve their spot uh, for ceremony, I tell them straight up, this is the ultimate game changer. Everything will change after Bufo. Um, it just will, you know? And a lot of people are concerned about, like, how it will change. It's like, no, you don't get it. <laughs> it will not be for the worst, I promise you. Yeah. It it will be a beautiful change, and I can't explain how because I don't live your life, but, yeah. but I can tell you it is the ultimate game changer. It that, really is. That seems to be the common, uh, or not, a, I won't, wouldn't say common, but it seems to be a popular opinion in the psychedelic or the entheogenic or plant medicine community right now that Bufo is the um, the Everest of the, of the psychedelic experience and the ultimate game changer. I wonder what's going to be, like, I don't, and even this may be, a, like, an incorrect way to think about it, but what's going to be next, like... I can't fathom. <laughs> like, to me, it's like, okay, so, like, when you take Bufo, you get to the point that you realize you never took Bufo. Like, that's the, that's my favorite part, personally, of Bufo, is when I take it and I realize I never took Bufo, I was never born, and I will never die. It just, it clears the whole illusion of what all of this is out of the way, completely yeah. out of the way. So when you really get to that point, there's nowhere else to go. Yeah. There's no, you're just watching a freaking awesome show and it's like, that's amazing. Yeah. I, you know, and, and, but then you also, you're connected at that point with the creator of the show. 
you're now the director oh. and the creator and the and the star the whole shebang you know and, and I've, I've heard it described that you're kind of fused with the infinite consciousness of all things everyone, so it's like everyone. everyone is the star the director and you're a part oh, of yeah, everything oh yeah 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 and then, yeah and then there's zero separation because when you first come out of Uvro which you never really come out of Uvro because you never go into Uvro like it's the whole thing like when you when you have enough bufo which you could never really have enough but you never really take it you see what i'm saying it's like it's yeah. such a conundrum uh-huh. but um but when you from this focus from from this physical focus when you come out of the experience of bufo which is the experience of what truth really is in my personal opinion by far and i've taken all the secrets right so when you come out of bufo you get it at that point that there's no separation and you think immediately that all the people around you know it like yeah. like that they're in the exact same state you are that's how that's how clear in that moment that there is zero separation that all boundaries have been dissolved completely truly. completely you get it that the sand gets it you get it that the trees get it you get it that the air between you and the person that you're looking at gets it as well as the other person and everything else that's in it. you know you get it you like we speak of oneness all day long as spiritual people right yeah we speak of oneness all day long i was speaking of it for about eight years thinking that i knew what i was talking about until i did bufo when i wow. did bufo i got it i also talked about grounding about oh you need to be grounded after medicine you know all this stuff mm-hmm. and i thought i knew what i was talking about and after I did Bufo, I was literally trying to dig my hands into the ground to be grounded. I got it. Yeah. Oh, I get grounding now. But it's it's so. Um, I mean, there's the most uh, the most constant repeated phrase after Bufo that I've heard. You know, and I've seen thousands of people do it. The most constant um, is no words literally just no like that one little statement no words because there really isn't there's not even a language yeah for this medicine it is so beyond sacred um but at the same time the most beautiful part of it is we are so beyond sacred because it just takes you to who you really are that's it and i can see how that would in theory be the most potent medicine because it takes you it's almost as though it takes you to the very root or core of all issues, which mm-hmm. is the way that you perceive things, the way that you've built your own personality, your ego, if you will, whatever you want to call it, this like conglomeration of things that you've built up around yourself over time that tells other people who you are and informs you about who you are. And That's why ayahuasca. Ayahuasca takes you to the root. Yeah? Yeah. Bufo takes you beyond it. Okay. <laughs> Bufo takes you to where you were before you were born in this physical body and you started gathering all those things you see okay where you were when you were just pure knowing exactly who you see, are see that's an almost impossible concept for it is that's what that's me or and i would assume other people it to even truly is grasp. it's unimaginable until you do it and then and even after you do it it's, it's so hard to not remember but it's, it's hard to um wrap your head around yeah, yeah you just can't but that's the main reason why there's there's literally no words that can describe it because there's there's not even a language for it sure words don't even 
they don't even come close. Yeah. But that's that's me literally describing who you really are, you see? Yeah. So to me, after all the medicines that I've had, it's it's not a it's not a question of you know, like bufo, no bufo. It's like bu <laughs> or, or what's beyond bufo? Just you. Yeah. You're the only one. And yeah. every and the more you do bufo, the deeper you go. So it does get beyond bufo with more bufo. It's yeah. just like unbelievable. So do you only ever smoke it or do you ingest it orally and with MAOI or No, just smoke. Oh well I've I've never ingested it like any other way. So we had to take a brief pause there. Dogs were barking, bathroom breaks needed to be had. It's all good. We're gonna go into like this final closing question here and we have like, you know, 15, 20 minutes, whatever. So it's going to be kind of a multi-tiered question in like the same uh, arena. But uh, what does your specific future look like here at USNT? Like where do you see your future role be being or becoming? Uh, what does the future look like for USNT as a whole? And then what do you think, hope, believe for the future of entheogens or plant medicines here in the U.S.? So let's start with like you personally. What is your role going here on into the future look like at USNT? My personal goal is just to, to continue on trusting spirit, you know, because again, spirit is, uh, this place was started with spirit, led by spirit the entire time. Crazy things have happened, but we keep growing and uh, things keep changing. And we're literally watching the world wake up to all of this all around us. And yet I've never really felt like I'm the one leading it. I'm, I'm being led by spirit and it's all just happening. So I kind of take myself out of the equation sure, and just keep following spirit, you know? So, um, but yeah, I've got a lot of ideas as far as the other things you asked, like as far as like where USNT is going. Sure. Um, as far as USNT, where USNT is going is I hope to answer the last question you asked is like the future of you know, plant medicine. Absolutely. You know, and that's just straight up being a part of fulfilling this prophecy. Mm -hmm. You know, like I don't want to get emotional, but I am. But uh, that's okay. <laughs> it's just I feel uh, so blessed. Like I'm so grateful to uh, to be a part of this. You know, to somehow be chosen to to uh, to help in this way. Mm -hmm. You know, and. Um, and I'm also grateful to myself for trusting spirit to to move forward in this way um, because I'm, I'm literally watching this prophecy come to fruition, especially in the last five years. So, um, yeah, just basically my prayer for USMT is, you know, whether we spread to other cities in the country, um, that would be awesome too. But really, I just want us to, my biggest hope is for us to remain a family, remain connected, remain growing together, uh, to add to our family, you know, um, to spread, if, if that's spirit's plan, that's fine with me, uh, to spread to other, other places, um, you know, and just, just to continue growing and, and to be continuing to, to help change the world you know sure without fear <laughs> and yeah. without out any kind of doubt of you know what we're doing is the right thing i mean we know i mean it's already we're already everyone that's you know close uh a close part of this family knows very well that that um that 
that it, all of this is meant to be. It's not, uh, there's no question about what's going on here. So I'm just so grateful to be a part of it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I feel the same way in a lot of aspects and me and my significant other discuss this often. It's like, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of a bummer that we are using these tools to, to bring out the best in ourselves and trying to bring out the best in others. And that we're having some of the most important and life altering for the better experiences via these tools that are, that are, um, have been demonized for so long, mm -hmm. but that are slow, you know, we, we're starting to see the tide slowly turn with decriminalization. And there, uh, I think Santa Cruz decriminalized last week before mm -hmm. that it was Oakland and Denver. Um, not to mention the marijuana movement, which has been a great door being open to usher in the rest mm -hmm. of this kind of, uh, of thought process. Um, and I, we, we often remark that, you know, we're trying our only intention for utilizing these tools is to better ourselves and in turn better those that we know and in turn better the rest of the world. Um, and that we have to feel uh, marginalized for doing that is something that I wish would go away, you know? Yeah. And I think that it, I think that it is, it feels that way. Oh, it is. It's headed. I mean, it's definitely headed out. And, and I'm glad that you uh, remarked on, um, cannabis which i i call her by her her sacred name which is santa maria you know okay. so um yeah that that is a powerful medicine i i refuse and people laugh at me all the time because it's like you know i'll take ayahuasca all day i'll take bufo all day but but you pass me santa maria and i'll refuse um i won't take her unless it's in you know ceremony only because the power of that medicine, like if you don't respect that medicine, then what do you respect? My God, she's got politicians standing back saying, whoa, she's knocking on my door. Okay, you're legal now, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, it's like she, it, that's power. Yeah, I agree. That I mean, she's conscious. Mm -hmm. She's a superpower. Yeah. She's like a, she needs a Wonder Woman t-shirt on, yeah. you know? Like that's Santa Maria. She so. has risen to be the superpower of the, you know, the figurehead of this she's, entire movement. She's yeah. literally opening the doors left and right for all the medicines to come through. She's starting it. And, and yet we still people or still have people out there that are rolling up, you know, sacred medicine and calling her weed. Yeah. Not okay. Not yeah. okay. You know? So I've made my own personal promise to Santa Maria that until, until her movement is done, I'm not going to smoke her, and when I do, it's going to be in a very sacred ceremonial session, and and that's it, you know, for me. But but that's out of respect for sure. that medicine, for what she's doing, for all of these medicines. Yeah. So I look forward to the day uh, that I can have a have a Santa Maria ceremony here, mm -hmm. um, you know, and with all due respect, sure. you know, that she's earned. So yeah. that's how I see. That's a very that's a very interesting viewpoint on that. I've never heard anyone have that viewpoint, and that but that, that rings so true because you know, and it's like any of these medicines that we talked about. If you disrespect these medicines and use them in a way mm. that is, uh, you know, not if you're not thoughtful, mindful, respectful of these medicines, then you'll be corrected in a very oh, strong yeah. way. <laughs> even with that. even with you know what people what generally the public would consider marijuana or a Santa Maria compared to ayahuasca. 
people would just be like, oh, it's just it's just weed, you know. But it's like, well, Mm-mm. take take a hundred milligrams orally, and you know you'll have a new a newfound respect for that because that's a very very intense personal introspective experience in and of itself that's often quite uncomfortable for people, especially if you're you know if you're going into with that that. And that, that's that's just the experience of her, but but look at look at the mountains that she's moving currently. Sure, unbelievable. It's yeah. unbelievable, and it's oof. I have so much respect. Yeah. And it's know? such a cool thing for me as a young person who was coming to the age, uh, like what's the best way to put this? Like when I first started. Uh, experimenting in these realms and using cannabis, it was like, I was just talking to somebody about this the other day, like, I remember the first time somebody told me, oh, I have dro, and I was like, dro, what is that? And like, we were smoking, like, the, the marijuana that comes in bales from like Mexico back then. We called it Reggie or regular weed. And then there was like, one day my friend had dro. And I was like, I had never seen. Oh, draw like hydro. hydro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't get and that. so yeah, that and so for years that was like, oh, dude, I have Reggie and I have Dro. And then like just just to think about it from that point until where it is now, and that's only been about like maybe 15, 17 years. It's like, it's crazy yeah. to see the the in the really uh, exponential growth that that mm-hmm. the reach that uh, that Santa Maria has been able to touch the world and heal so many people and be so useful to so many people it's amazing yeah yeah uh, she's opening doors for all of us she's the main door opener which is and not just door opener she's knocking down walls you know i agree and you know much respect it's it's also opening people's minds who may have previously been very uh closed off to these kinds of ideas because once you dip your toe into that world it's like, oh, wow, okay, so, like, people like, for instance, my parents, or p- parents of most people my age, you know, they think, when I was a kid, oh, these kids smoking their weed, it's bad for you, blah, 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 and now it's like, no, there's science behind it, this is medicine, it's helping so many people, mm-hmm. and so they're willing to dip their toe in that, just because of the change of the societal structure, and then it's like, oh, wow, okay, this does this, hmm, I oh. wonder what maybe... I gotta tell you a funny story. Sure. I know you gotta go, but no, it's funny, all good. Funny, funny story. Okay, so um, USND had been established for what, like two, three years, I guess, at this point. And I got a call from my father, and my dad said, um, "Hey, Brooke, we're uh, on our way back from Colorado, and um, I just I gotta tell you a little secret. Um, please don't tell anybody in the family, <laughs> but uh, you know my my." wife like you know my stepmom he was talking about uh, her mom is battling major depression and i had seen it all on facebook i was like yeah you know dad like it's i've been kind of giving you some hints like you know and he was like well we've been going back and forth from colorado to get you know cannabis you know sure. he's like so just hush hush but do you happen to know any sources I was like, oh, my God. I was like, Dad, do you know what I do for a living? Like, do you know what I do? Yeah. I mean, and God bless Santa Maria. I know. I get it. Because she's knocking down all these walls. I was like, but, Dad, we've got ayahuasca. We've got bufo. we got peyote. we got San Pedro. There's a little bit of uh, cannabis floating around here somewhere, too. (laughs) I mean, yeah. and, And 
honestly, we it's funny because she's so under the watch right now. Mm-hmm. She being Santa Maria, you mm-hmm. know, um, which is you know cannabis. Um, we don't. Yeah. We don't even allow people to have it on the land because it's not. You know, um, the government is so eh, on it because they're they're afraid of her right sure. now. You know, um, and because there's all these you know legalities with her. Um, you know, she's right up there. And of course, she's the one knocking on the walls and so much respect for her mm-hmm. in that sense. But um, again, if it's not ceremony form, we can't have her here because we're just straight church and and the majority of people are abusing her, truly. Yeah. They really are. And that's just the end all be all of it. But, um, but that's why I look forward to the day where she can come here in a ceremony fashion. But um, but yeah. So I explained to my dad that that she's kind of the the one breaking the walls down and opening all the doors for the medicines that can heal instantly. You yeah. know, instantly. And um, that was the first time that my father ever actually listened to what I do, and that's the first time he actually got it. That yeah. no, we're not just having psychedelics here. Like that's not what we do. Yeah. We're a healing church we're a healing center where people come here to better their lives for god's sake you sure. know it's and to create better lives for those people around them in turn by bettering their lives and you know that's that's i've had that same ex- or similar experience so many times where people have been so standoffish and then they, it just takes for them to know someone who needs it and, ha- and gets yeah. it and it and has a a very uh positive healing moving touching experience with it and then they're like oh wow now maybe i should try okay mm-hmm. well if this is capable of of altering this way that i think about things then what else is there that's you know and it, it it's just uh i've had that similar experience with so many people in my life of them being staunchly like because hmm. i'm from a, a background of uh intensely right-wing Republic, too, yeah. quick christian <laughs> you know so in that too. circle that is like no, you guys are doing <laughs> drugs. You know, yeah, I was and I'm like, up. why? If I was doing drugs, wouldn't I just be a piece of shit? Like, <laughs> right? you know, like right? I don't see how you don't understand the correlation. But yeah, you know, I think that you're right that that uh, cannabis has opened many doors for people, and I'm really, really happy and hopeful to see the rest of this movement, the doors that open, because I think I definitely agree with you that these types of practices, ceremonies, communal events are the healing of the tribal unit, the family unit, the national unit, you know? Mm -hmm. Just imagine if, like Grant Hancock says, that anybody elected to office were a requirement were to have a certain Mm -hmm. number of ayahuasca ceremonies before they could take office. I mean, that would, like, drastically alter everything that we know, you know? I mean, I would give anything for Trump to have Bufo. Just one time. <laughs> I know. Just one time, you know. He really, really, Can you, you imagine? Know, not to be super too judgmental, but he probably really, really needs it. I mean, yeah, he'll do, but a little bit. That would, uh, yeah, that would be a very interesting, uh, yeah, I'd like to see his, I'd like to see <laughs> one of his speeches post Bufo or Ayahuasca or any be one like, of these medicines. He would just be like, uh, um, um, um I am so sorry. <laughs> my bad. Yeah. My From bad. Out, everything is different, okay? It used to be the best, now we're just, yeah, that would be awesome. All right, well, let's go ahead and tie it up here. Um, is there anything coming up uh, on USNT's radar that you would like to promote or that you would like for people to know about? Absolutely, brother. Yeah, thank you for remembering to say that. Um, Absolutely. 
So we have this weekend, or I don't know when this is going to come out. So this is not going to come out this coming weekend. It's going to come out the following weekend, which will be the, be like, the, sorry. March 6th, 7th? It'll be March the seventh. March the seventh will be the day that this comes out. Saturday, March the seventh. Saturday, March seventh. Okay. Well, sorry, you guys. Y'all just missing ayahuasca ceremony. Or no, well, if you can make it tonight, March seventh, uh, Saturday night, we'll have one ayahuasca ceremony. Um, we had one last night, March sixth. Uh, we'll have another one, March seventh. The next big ceremony coming up is March 20th and March 21st. That's also Ayahuasca with Ricardo from Colombia. Um, and then after that, we have April 11th, which is San Pedro. And that's, oof, just, it's, don't miss that. But if, if you're interested in that one, let me know ASAP because we only have a select number of people that can come to that, that can attend. And I might need to reserve a a spot for that one yeah brother you really got to. Yeah. oh my god like I, okay I, I, we'll talk after this but all right cool yeah you have to <laughs> uh then also just know that um there's other ceremonies after that but if you get on our facebook page that i think clinton is going to put on there you'll have the, the events i'll link it in the show notes and all that good stuff absolutely awesome perfect um but other than that we do have we offer private grupo ceremonies uh we do have group ceremonies uh which the donation's a little bit smaller for those uh, but uh, we do offer private bupo ceremonies uh, just whenever. So weekdays, weekends, um, just give me a call and uh, and we'll arrange it for you. Absolutely. So I'll put all that information in the show notes and then I'll be sharing it into uh, not only the USNT groups, but in various places on social media. So. Oh, and one more. Oh, is it Orion? No, go ahead. My bad. April 25th, that's the one. Oh, yeah. You, April yeah. 25th is going to be a peyote, peyote ceremony. Grandfather ceremony, yeah. I th- I'm definitely going to be here for that one because I really enjoyed that last one. I have some people that I'd really like to bring to that uh, ceremony. So I'm going to try to put that together with those people. Looking forward to that, though. So, anyways, Brooke, thank you so much for inviting thank me you. out here to your beautiful property. I'm really glad we did this. This is, this is going to be a great episode. I think a lot of people are going to be fascinated by the things we've talked about here. And we'll have to definitely do this again in the future and cover maybe some other topics like a little more focused, you know? Yeah, I think this is a good intro to USNT and to the work that you're doing here. And and I definitely will probably be hitting up other people from amongst this group who I'd like to talk to, Justin being one for sure. And I'm sure there's a lot of other really interesting people who have their... uh, quirks and things that we need to podcast about so definitely i can give you a whole list brother i bet i bet all right bro thanks so much well i genuinely hope that you guys enjoyed that episode as much as i enjoyed recording it thank you so much to brooke and to all of the usnt family i hope um that you guys specifically enjoyed this episode and maybe Some of you got to know Brooke a little bit better. I know that I did. That's really the first time that we've spoken in in any depth and with any context. And it was a really enjoyable conversation for me. It was a beautiful afternoon. Um, So that's our episode with Brooke. Thank you so much for doing the show. And uh, beyond that, guys, once again, I will implore you, share the show with uh, your friends, family, loved ones, and others in the psychedelic, entheogenic, plant medicine community. Like, share, 
review, subscribe to the show on the podcasting platform of your choice or on all podcasting platforms if you'd like to do me an extra special solid. Other than that, guys, we've got a dope episode coming at you next week with, let's see, who's up next week? I believe we're going to drop Andy Melder, who is a former chapter president of Veterans for Natural Rights, and he's a really cool dude. He's a uh, He's a veteran who advocates for the use of cannabis and plant medicines here in the local Houston area. Super cool dude. So keep your ears peeled. Keep your ears peeled for that one. And our closing quote for this episode today, we're going to leave you with one from Frank Herbert's novel Dune. In light of the recent coronavirus scares, I think this is a fitting quotation. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. Thank you so much for joining us for Psychedelicast this afternoon, folks. And thank you for joining us in prying open the third eye. Bye-bye.